It's about finding clarity in your life, about what God is saying to you, clarity about next steps, but really helping people move towards deeper union with God. I'm Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast, a place for honest conversations about interactive life with God. I assume you know about the Renovare webinars, and if you don't, Well, you should. They're really good. They're hosted by Carolyn Ahrens. She sits down with two guests, and with a bit of an educational bent, together they explore a topic. And the topic today is on spiritual direction. It's an old practice, seems to be growing in interest, is often misunderstood and can come with a, I don't know, an, an, an air of unnecessary mystery. And in a sense, this recording, it covers all the bases. What is it? Should I do it? Should I become one? How you can find some elements of spiritual direction modeled in Jesus' interaction with others. How does spiritual direction differ from other relationships? And what about the importance of informal direction? I can't think of two better people to work with these questions than Jan Johnson and Trevor Hudson. Both are seasoned directors, both are authors and teachers, and both are amazing people. Trevor, can you offer this time up uh, in prayer for us? Dear God, thank you so much for the incredible privilege of being able just to be joined together in this way around the world. We thank you for this moment, and we ask very, very directly, Lord, that you would be deeply present and active in our hearts as we speak and listen, that in and through this webinar, we may hear your whisper in our hearts. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Trevor. All right, well, let's dive in. We got questions that are, what even is spiritual direction? What's its history? To I'm thinking maybe I should seek out spiritual direction. How do I do that? What should I look for? To I'm sensing a call to become a spiritual director. How do I discern if that's a a real thing? And if so, what would my path be to I am a spiritual director? What are some best practices? What are some things you can help me to? And a bunch more too. So I just wanted to give you that lay of the lamb. We'll get to as many of those different areas as we can. But let's start with uh, a question from Julie. Julie says, when someone asks you, so what exactly is spiritual direction? What is your short conversational answer? And maybe I'll put that to Jan first. I always say it's two people listening together to the Holy Spirit. I love it. That was short and conversational. Checking all the boxes. Yes. That's great. How about for you, Trevor? How would you answer that question? Uh, If I could build a little bit on Jan's uh, response, I would say it's a conversation between two people where one is really seeking to help another to deepen their friendship with God. I love it. That gives Uh, us a great place to start. I have about 193 teasing out the nuances of that question for you, but that's a great place to start. So we'll we'll get to those in two cores. But maybe I can also ask you just to kind of help us get the lay of the land. For each of you, how did you come to spiritual direction? Perhaps first as one in spiritual direction and then as one offering spiritual direction. Trevor, maybe I can get you to go first with that one. Carolyn, it goes way back to 1978. I, I spent 
spent uh, six weeks uh, working in a little church in Washington, D.C., the Church of the Saviour. Met a wonderful pastor there, Gordon Cosby. There was just, I guess, something about his life that was profoundly authentic and genuine and real and deep. He had been a pastor for a long time. I was starting out. I remember when I left Washington, D.C. to come back to South Africa, I asked him whether I could just stay in contact. And he suggested that I write him a monthly letter to tell him what was going on in my life, and he would respond. And so, in fact, spiritual direction started for me in kind of a written form, me writing a letter and him responding. That was my entry point. A little bit later, mid-80s, I asked a living person nearby who I could come and see and be with. And then a very significant point in my own journey was doing the spiritual exercises of Ignatius in 1990. And that was a a real turning point for me because for over nine months, I, I spent time in a weekly conversation with someone who was giving me the exercises. And I really experienced the value of having a companion on the way, as it were, someone that I could just talk with, someone that was praying for me. And that also became the doorway uh, for me to begin to wonder whether perhaps I could walk alongside others and share in their journeys And since 1990, it's been an ongoing learning journey, which is still going on today. Uh, And I'm profoundly uh, grateful to the Jesuits in South Africa who have been really helpful in my own formation in the Ministry of Spiritual Directing. How about for you, Jan? Well, I had begun reading Richard Foster and Dallas Willard, and I kept looking at the footnotes, and there were all these books I'd never heard of, Teresa of Avila and all of these great people. And so I was reading those books and I didn't have, nobody at my church was reading those books. And I felt really alone. And I started doing personal retreats at a retreat center. And I kind of wanted someone to talk to about that because everyone else thought that was weird that I was doing that. (laughs) And then there was an ad in the retreat center brochure that about a class to learn to be a spiritual director. And quite honestly, I had no idea what that was. But I thought, these people read the the people I'm reading. I could have someone to talk to. So I signed up for this class. And then they say, well, you have to have a spiritual director. And I didn't say, what's that? They just gave me a list of names. And I, you know, met with a few people. And and um, so, I mean, I just totally did everything backwards. And I, I loved the class because it was like that. And then spiritual direction was a strange experience for me because I was used to everyone giving me advice and telling me what I should do. And this person didn't do that. We really did listen to God together. So that was like really an odd experience. But I, I really did. I loved it all. And I was like the kid in the group. So I was hanging on and went ahead and graduated and, and uh, then started doing spiritual direction. And then 15 years later, I did the 30-day exercises. So I did the 30-day version. It was really life-changing. It was just amazing. And all the things Trevor said, that describes it well. 
love how you kind of Jan just kind of backed into it and uh, totally. and I hope that's reassuring for people that if the you know if the Lord has something for you your your path will eventually get you there there's not there's sort of not one way into this you've both mentioned the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius that's not the exact same thing as spiritual direction but it's definitely a stream within um, the whole area of of spiritual direction. Does one of you want to just, for people who have never heard of that before in their lives, Trevor, I know you give the exercises. Do you want to just give just a, a quick nutshell of, of what that is? They were put together by a guy by the name of Ignatius. Um, they could, I think, best be described as a series of uh, structured exercises, gospel meditations, uh, that cover the the birth, the growing up years, the ministry life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and your uh, engagement with the life of Christ from beginning through to the resurrection and beyond. So th- that would be my a very very simple description of what the exercises are, and they were based mainly upon. Uh, Ignatius's own engagement with Christ uh, in the Gospels, and so he kind of put down what he found helpful, uh, and they were they came together as the spiritual exercises. And I think the, the exercises themselves, and were, I think, were first published as the exercises. I think it was around about 1548 or so. And the way they're offered these days, you either can do them in a 30-day retreat, like Jan mm-hmm. did them, where you literally are in retreat for 30 days, if you have that kind of bandwidth to be able to do that, or an ongoing daily life over about nine months, right? Right, between nine and nine and 11 months, and you set aside about an hour a day, and you meet with the person who's giving you the exercises about once a week. And can I just go get a book and take myself through the exercises? I would not recommend that, no. <laughs> I had a feeling you might say that. <laughs> right. So I have to find someone or an apostle right. or something somewhere where they're right. offering the exercise. Right. It's not sort right. of a, it doesn't work to just read the book, right? No, not at all. It's uh, not designed, designed that way. Okay. I didn't, wasn't really planning that excursion, but I, I figured there'd be some people who are, are th- they thought, what Thank are they talking about with the exercise? Okay. I want to ask each of you, if I'm one of your directees and I book an hour of time with you, <laughs> what is going to happen when I show up, whether it's in person or virtually? So Jen, maybe I'll ask you first, what, it, what is likely to happen if I've booked a direction session with you? Well, you will be sitting directly across from me. I'm not casual about it. We don't sit side by side on the couch. It's very direct. And I will light a candle and say this is to remind us that we are two people listening together to the Holy Spirit. And then I will say, let's be quiet for a moment. And then I'll ask God to help us. And then we're quiet. And I generally wait until the other person exhales. which can be a while or not if they're used to it. And then I'll pray a very brief prayer, just asking the Holy Spirit to help us. And then they know, I mean, they're rehearsing this long before they get there, if if they've been coming for a while. The question I will ask is, how have you been interacting with God lately or not? That's a very ambiguous question. It's how, it's what, it's not 
because I will follow you and where your life with God is going. And when I say that, it's also in your ordinary life, where are you experiencing God or how are you experiencing God in prayer? But you get to sort of drive that. And then I will ask, generally I ask questions based on what you have to say so that we can discern what God may be saying to you, where God is inviting you. At times, directees will ask me to suggest spiritual practices. So I'll do that. Sometimes we have odd things that happen. Uh, sometimes I'll do healing prayer with people. Now and then we've done a, a Lexio, especially an Ignatian exercise, because they've requested that. Well, and then at the end, I usually stand behind them and put my hands on their shoulders and pray for them. Of course, I also do this remotely, but I would say that what they're going to experience is at least one hour of being loved, of being listened to directly where I'm sitting there and there is no other thought in my head than what they are saying. I don't interrupt. They get to unload. In fact, I find that if they're quiet for a moment, it's really good to just let that sit because a lot of times what's going to happen next, what they say next is the real deal. So you will be well listened to and well loved. That's why you're a little tired at the end if you're the director. Um, I can imagine. Because it's, it's very focused. How about for you, Trevor? What happens if I book time with you? I'd welcome you and you would take a seat. We would sit together. Usually it happens uh, either over Zoom now or it happens in a small little uh, office study that I have. I, I, I often begin by just asking the directee what they would find helpful uh, to start with. Would they like some silence? Would they like me to pray? Would they like to pray? So I like to level the kind of playing fields right at the beginning and, and really let them have a fair amount of initiative uh, in our conversation. And sometimes they just want to kind of lunge in and go for it. You know, if after the time of prayer and quiet, uh, there's a bit of silence, I, I would ask a very open-ended question. You know, how's life been for you? How are you doing? And I think I would ask that question because I bring to the conversation a very deeply held uh, conviction that God is present and active in every experience and in every event yes. and in every encounter of our lives. So whatever they put on the table, you know, whatever dimension of human experience, I am interested with them in how God is present and active within the particulars of their life, of their relationships, of their joys, their struggle, their heartaches, their heartbreaks. And then I would go with them usually for an hour or so, and sometimes at the end of our session, I might uh, offer a suggestion. could be a, a passage of scripture that they perhaps could spend a bit of time in, or maybe there's a poem that I've come across recently that I give to them, or 
I might invite them to pray about something for a, for a while. So something just very basic, a kind of takeaway. But it's not like homework that I'm going to check out on uh, the next time they the next time they arrive. So, so I hope I've given you a sense, Carolyn, of how it would be for you if you if you rocked up in my study. <laughs> I'm booking time with both of you tomorrow, so <laughs> I'll get to know. Thank you. Thanks to both. Well, let's let's dive into some some of these questions. I've got a bunch here leaning further into okay, what actually is the nature of spiritual direction? Uh, the first one maybe actually I can answer. Dennis said, "Why did Eugene Peterson say that spiritual direction was neither spiritual nor directive?" That was something we put in the in the write up. That's something I heard Eugene say in a course he taught about Jesus' parables as spiritual direction, and his point why he said it, it wasn't spiritual. Of course, there is a spiritual aspect to it. But his point was that it's earthy. It has to do with your actual life, why you yelled at your spouse or your kids or what the invitation is in something that's happening at work. That's why he said it wasn't spiritual. And why he said it wasn't directive is because in in the main, the point is not to give advice. It's to help the uh, directee listen to what the Lord is speaking into their lives through the events of their lives. Is that fair? Any disagreement there? Anything you want to press back on? All good? Okay. But some people said, is spiritual direction the best name for it? Are both of you comfortable using that name? Is there another name you like to use? I'll ask Jan first. Do you generally go with the term spiritual direction? Yes, because it's becoming more familiar and you end up explaining it anyway. Because <laughs> I know, Trevor, you, you like to use companioning, I think. And I think that's a really good word because that describes it perhaps better. But because that phrase is known, I just stick with that. Yeah. Whereas Trevor, is that right? You prefer? Oh, yeah, I certainly go with Jen. You know, the word is gaining a lot of currency. So it may be helpful right at the outset to, to speak about spiritual direction. And it also locates spiritual direction in the history you know, a history over the centuries. It's not a new fad. It's been around for years and years and years. I like the word, as Jen was saying, uh, accompanying or a companion, someone kind of walking together. Two very important verbs for me that I would just put out there now, that as we walk together, the one verb, just to begin to recognize God's presence and activity within the daily stuff of my life. So recognize is a very important verb for me. And the other one, the other verb would be respond. How can I respond to God's presence and God's activity uh, in my life? And I think it's in that sense of recognition and response that our life with God unfolds. That's very helpful. And I think you may have actually answered just now the next question, but I'll ask it anyways, in case there's more you want to say. So Sue in Canada says, what is the main purpose of spiritual direction? Discipleship, discernment, inner healing, spiritual guidance, question mark, question mark. So Trevor, you've said it's to recognize and respond. Would either of you add add to that out of those categories? Discipleship, discernment, inner healing, spiritual guidance. Is it just yes? <laughs> to all of those. Jen, what do you think? I It's yes, but it's about, especially about finding clarity in your life about what God is saying to you, clarity about next steps, but really helping people move towards deeper union with God. 
Mm. That that's really the big deal and how they might contribute in the world, but helping them in their dialogue with God. You know, one of the things that I really caught from what Trevor said when you said recognize, that would be to notice or to reflect and then to respond. You're really, it's a Lexio Divina process, but it's Lexio Divina because, the you know, the, the read, reflect, respond, and rest. Those are the four phases in Lexio. And so I'm doing Lexio on the person. I am watching them. I am noticing their body language. I am noticing how, how they're interacting, but together, we are doing Lexio on the previous month or, or whatever that time limit was. How was God in the middle of that? That's great. Anything you'd add to that, Trevor? I do like to, uh, and I think Jen has underlined this, I really like to keep the focus of the spiritual direction relationship very clear before me. I want to know yes. what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And what I am doing is I really am seeking, like Jan said right at the beginning, I'm seeking to co-discern with this person the movement of God in their life, that they may respond to that movement and their discipleship may deepen, their relationship with God may deepen, they may be a more faithful Christ follower. Yeah, several people said, what is the connection between spiritual direction and discipleship? And maybe we're teasing that out here. It's just uh, uh, discipleship is your whole life. And spiritual direction is one sort of, I, I hate to use utility kind of words, but one tool in the, in the tool shed, one, one way of attending to God. Is there more that you would say about that? How we think about spiritual, how spiritual direction and discipleship interact and connect as categories? My deep prayer and hope would be that it would lead to a deeper mm -hmm. and more robust and faithful discipleship to Christ within, within, and this is for me so important, within the particular context of this person's life and relationships and social situation. Discipleship has become boiled down to doing certain practices and spiritual direction is part of it is a practice within the formation of a person where they are connecting with God, which would be through some spiritual practices. But if we're diving deep. What's below the surface? It's not just doing different practices, but what's going on within inside you? What is God inviting you into right now? And what are the, oh, gee, what are the pitfalls that are going to keep you from moving forward in, in your life with God, to keep you from relating to God and moving forward in your discipleship? And when you say that discipleship has been boiled down to practices, that's maybe problematically. You're talking about the way we use the term yes. rather than what the actual invitation is. Yes. I, I'm, I'm thinking of Dallas Willard's definition of a discipleship as someone who wants to yes. become more like Jesus and so systematically and progressively rearranges the affairs of her life to that end. And I would think part of systematically and progressively rearranging the affairs of my life to make my friendship with Jesus and my becoming more like Jesus the most important thing. This would be one of the things I could do in that systematic and progressive, one of the options if the Lord led me that way. Is that, you know, right? it, would, it would be the discernment piece that helps you figure out, it helps you hear God and what God is inviting you into mm. and what God wants you to know what is what are the big truths that you're missing out on today and what are the things that are holding you back 
So it's kind of, it's, it's probably more behind the scenes. Or that deep heart stuff that yes. gets kind of tangled up and those kind of false narratives we're not even detecting and all that kind of. Yeah. Image of God is, is immense. Yeah. Yes. Super helpful. Okay, let me ask Darlene's question, which I heard articulated in a few different ways. Um, she says, isn't the Holy Spirit our director? So why would another human be the one to guide us? Well, she's certainly, she's spot on. Right. The, Holy, the, the Holy Spirit is our director. And, and, and we certainly make bad Holy Spirits. So we don't seek to play the role of the Holy Spirit in the directee's life at all. But it would seem that the very essence of our life with God is bound up with our life with each other, and we need each other. And, you know, to, to be able to have a significant conversation about my life with, with someone who's really seeking with me to kind of suss out, to, to discern the movement of the Spirit in my life is a wonderful gift, especially if they stay out of the way and especially if they don't tell me what to do, but really help me to recognize and to respond how the Spirit is present. You know, I read the New Testament and I'm absolutely clear that there's no solitary Christ follower, that while our relationship is certainly personal, it is bound up with others. And uh, I just love, you know, those words of Jesus where two or three are joined together. I'm, I'm there. And in many senses, that's my experience of the, of the spiritual direction relationship. It makes me think about directees who come and they are hearing the spirit, but they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And so I ask questions. Oh, and as oh. I'm asking questions, they'll start in and I'll just smile and say, that sounds like the spirit to me. And they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> We're kind of spotters and we help them figure out, okay, that, that, yes, that sounds like um, where we're going. So yes, the spirit is the director. Mm -hmm. We're just spotting yeah. what the spirit's up to today. Love it. Maybe a follow-up to that comes from Linda who says, well, what does a spiritual director have to offer that a prayer partner does not? How do you think about that? I'll start with you, Jen. First of all, prayer partners, there's a lot of reciprocity. The normal way we respond as humans, Carolyn, is if you, I see your guitar there in the background. So you, you tell me about your guitar and I listen and it's so interesting, but I can't wait to tell you about my guitar. <laughs> Great. And I want to, I want to hear about your guitar. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we just go back and yeah. forth on the guitar when, In fact, you know, let's stop talking about spiritual direction. What kind of guitar do you have? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, what we just, okay. That was it. We right. just modeled right. it because it, when there, when it's, I guess a prayer partner would work well if you really can be single focused, because it's often like what I said before, that when a person gets quiet, the best stuff is about to emerge. And generally speaking, with in Western culture, if someone gets quiet, it's time for me to talk. In fact, 
may not even wait till they get quiet. Just start in. And then I think that also a spiritual director gets a lot of training about the contours of the spiritual life and about how that works and about respecting people's spiritual boundaries. All of those things can be very helpful because a prayer partner will easily fall into fixing because they're so kind-hearted or because they're like me, they're a recovering know-it-all. Um, <laughs> so I think at least I found spiritual direction training rigorous and that I learned to quiet myself mm. and listen deeply to the other person to see what the spirit might be saying with them. And other people may not need as rigorous a training as I did, but um, wow, that was very important. And this is not to denigrate the value of purpose. Right. Wonderful. And small groups and community, but there is a, a very particular dynamic to spiritual direction. For the, when I, the first time I went to a spiritual director, I just couldn't believe that their only thing was to listen to me and yes. listen to God with me. And I didn't have to be reciprocal. It felt it felt like going to the spa or something. I mean, it was so <laughs> it was such a luxury. It was beautiful. And now, having said that, having clarified how it's different, somebody asked, "Is spiritual direction a must for every Christian? What if you can't find a director? What if you if there's cost involved? You can't afford direction? What would you say to a question like that, Trevor? How would you answer that question? Is spiritual direction a must?" I'm against all forms of legalism. I really would not want to be in any way legalistic around this. I think that spiritual direction can be a wonderful, wonderful gift. And I think it's a particular gift for folk who just really want to step into the deeper yes. waters with their own friendship with God, in their own discipleship with Christ. I think, you know, at, at a stage of life, we, we often just long for something more in our life. Sometimes the gift of direction is that it provides a, a helpful container in which that can happen. So I, I would not want to say it's a must, not at all. And I also want to put in a word here, a very strong word, that many people receive spiritual direction in informal contexts. Yes. And I think we can all maybe locate a conversation somewhere in our past where we sat with someone who listened to us. They didn't uh, offer themselves as a spiritual director, but they gave us the gift of their listening they asked some wonderful questions. And when we left that conversation, we just had a clearer sense of how God was active and present in our life. So spiritual direction, if I can be a little bit paradoxical here, spiritual direction doesn't only happen in a formal spiritual direction relationship. It can happen in any conversation the wind blows where it wants to. And uh, so I think some of my most significant conversations uh, have happened in very informal contexts where someone has just given me uh, the gift of their listening and companionship. And I will always be grateful to them for that. 
I think the, the real issue is, is it a must for me? And so I get accused of answering every question the same way, <laughs> which is ask Jesus. So, you know, if ask Jesus, if you're being invited into it, but I'm, it's not a good idea to prescribe things, any spiritual practice for anyone. Yeah. We wait for the invitation of Jesus. And we're starting to hint at something here that the three of us talked about before we got on the call, which is that there is sort of a formal vocation of spiritual direction where people have recognized the gift in this person for being present to another's journey in this particular way. And probably they've also gone and gotten some training and they're available in this very formal way. But then there's also, you know, books can be spiritual directors and songs and your pets and, and, and your friends. And there is this invitation to take some of this intentional listening that you might get in formal spiritual direction training and try to have that orientation a little bit more to all of life. So I, those are later in our pages and I see we're running out of time, but we just want to acknowledge that there's kind of this whole way of attending to the world and then... Within that, there's this kind of vocation of spiritual direction, and both are important and may map onto your life in different ways at, at different times. And I love, Jan, I love you saying, well, ask Jesus, what is a must for me right now in my friendship with you? Is it seeking out someone who does this formally? Is it, are you going to just put uh, Gordon Cosby in my life who will write me letters? Is it, what's it going to look like? Um, but yeah, oh, this is such a such a big topic and uh, there's so many places we can go. You already pretty much have addressed this, but so many people asked it. I just want to make it, make sure it's crystal clear. Is spiritual direction the same thing as coaching, life coaching, counseling, small groups, or pastoring? Is it any of those things? I think it may be a little bit too long for me to respond to each of those categories. So let me just take one. The difference, let's say, between spiritual direction and counseling or therapy. And maybe to affirm what they both have in common. Uh, they both have in common a conversation. They both have in common a listening presence. They both have in common human experience. Uh, you bring your life to that encounter. So there's a lot of commonality. But the focus is different. The focus of therapy or counseling is to address a certain issue, and I'm putting this very simply, that has become problematic in that person's life. And therapy and counseling will, will most probably last for as long as necessary until that is resolved, and then therapy stops or counseling stops. Spiritual direction may have exactly the same human experience brought into the directing room, but the focus is different. The focus is not on resolving the issue. The focus is on seeking to recognize and respond to God's presence and activity in this particular crisis, in this pain, in this a struggle that I'm having, and there's a sense in which spiritual direction doesn't get terminated when we've sorted that out. Spiritual direction is an ongoing relationship because it's not centered around a particular problematic issue or struggle that the person is having. 
It's centered around that person's relationship with God and God's relationship with them. I find it very, very helpful just to be clear about what I'm doing in a spiritual direction. And that helps me to stay clear from other modalities that have some similarities but are different. Trevor, you covered it well. The, the skills may be the same, but the focus is completely different. As, as the president of Dallas Willard Ministries, I need coaching. You know, helping to form five-year goals, all that kind of stuff. And that's very different from what I do at my spiritual director. So I have a directee who's, whose daughter just died. And she's in therapy. She comes to me and we talk about where's God in this with you. So the focus is very Both different. modalities. Yeah, that's really helpful. My director will sometimes say, I really want to give you a piece of advice, so I'm not your spiritual director right now, just for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> she'll put on her, her director, have you looked at this app, you know, and then she'll take the hat off and then back to, back to spiritual direction. Um, okay, I really, we, we have so many other areas yes. to cover, but just before we leave this nature of spiritual direction, there were some questions that indicated that people had levels of concern. Is this some fad? Is it losing the particularity of Jesus? And so I want to ask you two questions. The first question is, is there sort of biblical precedent for this idea of spiritual direction? And the second question, is Christian spiritual direction different than other kinds of spiritual direction? Okay, so who wants to take the biblical one? (laughs) It's been said often that Jesus asked more questions than he answered. And that's exactly what a spiritual director does. We ask questions, we help you dig deeper. One of my favorite scenes with Jesus is the woman with the issue of blood, because in Mark 10, Mark 5, it says that he stands there while she tells her whole truth. Well, her whole truth was pretty wild. You know, this gynecological disorder, she's in a crowd of Palestinian men, and he just stands there and listens to her. He asks the father of the demon-possessed boy, before he even casts out the demon, he looks at him and says, how long has he been this way? Share your story with me. Oh, one of the wild ones is in John 5 when he says to the guy, do you want to get well? So he was always digging deeper, looking looking at what's going on inside of you. Let's let's see what's in there. And that's, that is the classic work of a spiritual director. I think there's some lovely uh, moments in scripture where you have a sense of one person helping another person to hear. You know, I think uh, one of my favorites from the old t- is the Eli Samuel moment. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just a, a beautiful moment. So I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to proof text it, but I really, I just find some wonderful moments of people helping others to be attentive to the movement of God in their life. And I'm all with Jan in terms of, of just, I think one can look at Jesus through so many different lenses. You know, Jesus the pastor, Jesus the leader, Jesus the shepherd, but I think there's someone who needs to write a book about Jesus the spiritual director, Mm. and uh, they're just some wonderful moments, and for myself personally, the resurrection narratives have been very, very important to me, how Jesus came to people 
in their own life situations, Mary in her tears, the two, the two folk on the Emmaus Road, the disciples in their fear, Peter with his sense of failure, and just came alongside of them as a companion and helped them to become aware of the presence of God and the activity of God in their lives. And then this concern that people have of, is it possible to lose Jesus in spiritual direction? It does seem to me that there is a difference. There are other forms of spiritual direction that are not Christocentric, and that really isn't what we're discussing here. A spiritual guidance is not the sole preserve of the Christian church. So in each of the great religious streams of history, you will find models of spiritual guidance that are appropriate within those contexts. Spiritual guidance is just such a deep need across the board. Someone coming, I think, if they knocked on my door for direction, I would assume that they have come to me because they are seeking in their own life to grow in their relationship with God in a particular way of following Christ. And so I don't have experience of giving spiritual guidance outside of that context. I think I've said what I can. Thank you. Now we're going to have to go into the speed round here. Hopefully we've, okay. we've given people a sense of what it is. And I, I do just want to say quickly to people, reiterate something Trevor said earlier, which is it's become very popular, but it has a huge history in the Christian tradition. And so people can look at like a Francois Fenelon or a Francis de Sales or Teresa of Avila, some of those people you were talking about, Jan, or Ignatius, you know, this big history throughout Christian church history that people can look into if they want to see kind of what what the roots of this are. But let's let's get to the uh, the flash round here. So somebody's listening to this call and they're like, yes, I want, I really sense that this is something Jesus is inviting me into. How do I find a director? And it might look different in your respective countries, but let's do some brass tacks here. Jan, where would you send somebody if they say, I really sense I should find a spiritual director? Ideally, it can be done in person. And so I generally send people to a training program near them because they will have a list of graduates or referrals that they can go to. If there's If they're interested in direction, it's probably because they know someone in direction. And so they might want to ask them or their director for referrals. I find that's a really good thing. There's a website, Grafted Life, that's Evangelical Spiritual Directors Association. That last time I looked at it, it was great. It had pictures, bio, that whole thing. If you go to the sdiworld.org, that will include spiritual directors and it will have their flavor because there are spiritual directors these days for Muslims, for Hindus, for, you know, they will say specifically that they're Christian. And then, of course, you would want to interview the person, see if there's, if it's a good fit. And sometimes that can be kind of, it's hard to pin down. You really need to meet with someone and don't be afraid to say to them, I'm I'm, I'm meeting with several people. I'll let you know. So trying out a fit and maybe even mutual discernment around a fit, right? Have you, have, you know, and it's not a rejection of the other person if it's not a fit. And, and any 
spiritual director with some experience would understand that and, and want to just meet and discern if this yes. seems like a good fit temperamentally in this season with what God's up to in both people's lives. If they came to me and asked, I would, you know, that within the Southern African context, there are a few places where there would be, I think you called them graduates of training programs. That could be a possible link. I also sometimes would suggest the person maybe speak to their own pastor, their own minister, and sometimes she or he may have colleagues who are doing this or may know of other people in other congregations. I would also encourage the person, and I'm not wanting to spiritualize this at all, I would really encourage the person to pray about this very, very genuinely yes. and deeply. You know, Lord, will you please be with me as I seek out someone, the companion for the journey? Great. Uh, people want to know how how often is it common to meet with a director? Once every four, five, six weeks, I think is a great rhythm. And it also sometimes just, if it gets a little bit more intense than that, it can change the dynamic, I think, of the spiritual direction relationship. You know, if, if one meets, let's say, weekly, it does bring maybe an intensity to it that one needs to be careful about. So I'm on the side of a kind of once every four or five weeks meeting. Got it. And usually about an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Should it have a start and end date? Trevor, you, you mentioned that as it relates to a counseling modality where the idea is let's solve this problem and then we stop. Sounds like it could be ongoing indefinitely. Do either of you think about it in terms of time terms? Is there is there a place for a mutual out or is it just kind of mutual discernment together? Let's meet for as long as it's fruitful. Generally, I talk to a person at six months and say, now, if you think about whether or not this is working for you, or maybe you've already thought about it. And so I want to give them a space out. And actually, I want them to think about, is this really working for you? And then generally, I will do that about once a year. If you're wanting out, it's very awkward. (laughs) And I want to make it that is easy for people as possible to be able to talk about that. I know we have a ton of spiritual directors on the call and people that are sensing a draw to spiritual direction. First, let's talk about the category of people who are sensing a draw to spiritual direction. I'll do a quick answer and say we will compile all the training programs of which we are aware. Again, we'll lean towards uh, ones with a high Christology. To to me, that's uh, really important. Anything you guys would want to throw in there about discerning a call to spiritual direction? Anything you think is really important to notice if someone's starting to be drawn in in that direction? I think if one is being drawn in this direction, I think it is important to to reflect very deeply on why I want to move into this ministry. You know, what are some of the motivations that bring me into this ministry or make me want to pursue it as a ministry? I think one of the clearest indicators may be that there could be a calling or a charism or a ministry here for me is that, Even before I begin training, I find that people knock on my door to chat about things. (laughs) And, you know, I just sense that I haven't advertised, you know, that they, you know, I'm not putting out a 
kind of a big sign that I'm doing direction, but I just find myself drawn into conversations. And I find that I come alive when I'm in them and I find that people find those conversations helpful. There could be something hidden in that in terms of calling uh, to ministry in a focused and a trained way. Well, since you, I have revealed how I got into this. <laughs> and, and I would say I didn't even have a so-called calling until I had been doing it three years. But I would just say, listen to the nudges. If you uh, decide to sign up for spiritual direction training, even if you don't become a spiritual director, you will get an enormous benefit from it. So I would just say, listen to the nudges. Again, that was Jan Johnson and Trevor Hudson. You can find out more about Jan and her writings at janjohnson.org. And you can find out more about Trevor and his work at upperroombooks.com backslash author backslash Trevor Hudson. We'll put those links to these sites in the show notes that you can find on our website, as well as a number of interviews I've recorded with each of them. I'm Nathan Foster, and you've been listening to another episode of the Renovare podcast. This work is made possible by the generosity of donors like you. Thank you. You can support Renovare in this podcast with a tax-deductible gift at renovare.org slash donate. Renovare is a Christian ecumenical renewal effort offering resources and experiences to help people become more like Jesus. You can find articles and resources at our website, renovare.org. This podcast is produced by Brian Morricon, who also wrote the opening song titled Be Kind. Until next time, be well, friends. Be well.